Hi, I'm Maggie. <laughs> and I'm Sarah. And this is <laughs> Mad Woman, Woman in, in the, the Attic. Let's go, girls. I always forget to do the song. Yeah, I know. That's why I waited for you this time. Because <laughs> like, there was one, I think, yeah. in at least two or three you always make the intense eye contact with me, and then I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, because there's like, you like lag behind me one second because <laughs> you join in partially after I've already started. I can't, rem- I'm never going to remember. Yeah, well, I'll just make sure to make eye contact with you. Should we pop our brewski beers oh, or yeah. our carbonated waters? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, Wait, do you have yeah. a carbonated water? I did. I have a brewski beer. I, didn't, I really? only had like rice. Ooh, that was good. Mm, fresh. I can hear the bubbles. Ooh. Ooh. ASMR. Can you hear the bubbles? <laughs> <laughs> Me as a ghost. <laughs> can you hear the bubbles? Can you hear the bubbles? I'm just in a bathtub. <laughs> Translucent. <laughs> Tooting. <laughs> Tooting into the water. <laughs> can you hear the bubbles? Oh my god. What's oh going man. on with you this week? Any drama? Any drama? When did we record? It's been over a week because I... We didn't record on Friday. Yeah. I was filing for divorce on our normally scheduled (laughs) program. (laughs) Well, she finally got the nerve to file for divorce. She let the law take it from there. Earl walked right through that restraining order and put her in intensive care. Am I going to see a Dixie Chick song every single episode? We should make that happen. Uh, there, I don't have a restraining order, just to clarify, but I did I did file, you for, did file a, for divorce. Yes. Uncontested. Yeah. Drama free. Yeah. So you filed for divorce, which like interrupted our regularly scheduled recording. And this coming Friday, I haven't told you this yet. We may have to figure something out because I have a psychiatric appointment. Ah, good. <laughs> Which just feels very like, you know, on brand for yeah. our podcast. Divorce appointments and, and psychiatric appointments. Yes, I do. Yeah, we can just do it. Because hey, here's my, this is not necessarily making me a mad woman right here today. I think I'm too tired to be really genuinely mad about something today. But psychiatrist what's your problem (laughs) is it your meds again well it's the new person that i'm seeing so they they might be great but for the last several several years something that has been making me a mad woman is my psychiatrist's office which has just made it an absolute pain in the ass to get my medication it like, feels like every time. It's caused a lapse several times in the past two years because I used to go in Tulsa when I lived in Tulsa and that wasn't a problem. And then they went virtual. They were allowing virtual during COVID, which wasn't a problem. And then that stopped. And so, they, but they, no warning, no warning that stopped. So I'm like lapsed once because they told me I, they couldn't like refill it. Because I hadn't, like, I missed an appointment that they didn't even have in the have the correct, like, contact information for me. Not a typo, like a completely incorrect number. Anyway, this could be a long it's story. It's an ongoing. But it has been an ongoing saga, and they are going to get a scathing review. I forgot to I'm tell you, I, done. I met um, the last time that you had, like, a bad lapse in your meds. Our friend... 
reached out to his cousin, who's a psychiatrist, yes. to fix it for you. Oh. And I met that cousin yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Which she gave great. me advice. I didn't go to her yeah, for she, the meds, or, Yeah, she, she helped some, you. Yeah. Gave yeah, some advice on I how met to her. talk to them about it. That there's no <laughs> legal reason they could deny me. Yeah. Access to my medications. Because the whole thing is do no harm. <laughs> yeah. Turns out. It's harmful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very. So I am seeing a new psychiatrist finally here in town to hopefully get away from that place. And then I can finally write the multi-paragraph essay on Google reviews talking about all this several, several times. They've not only like made it difficult to access my medications, but also just been really rude. It's your pro tip for any psychiatrist out there. Um, if... You or your office managers, nurses, etc., are regularly dealing with people who could very likely be like on their last thread. Give them some like training on how to talk to people over the phone. Yeah. The number of times I was on the verge of a minty bee and they were so just rude. Like I understand everybody has bad days, but they're and <laughs> everybody has bad days. Everybody gets this. that way. Everybody knows what, what I'm talking about. Everybody gets that way. Yeah, everybody has bad days. I have strong feelings about this. There are certain populations you work with where you have to not let that bad day show through. Just through being sensitive to When I am to licensed people. as a counselor, luckily as a counselor, there is a, you develop a rapport with your client. You can be like, just so you know, I'm really tired today. I'm off. And you can inform the session based on that kind of energy. If you yeah. know you're not going to be able to like be on the same level of behavior. But if I'm dealing with the worst thing in my life, I'm going to fucking keep it under wraps. Yeah. Because I'm not going to endanger somebody who could literally be on their last thread. I feel like the office... It's just the way they've handled it yeah. with you is, like, so Well, I've, like, told them so many times over the phone, like, I've lost or changed insurance, like, six times over the course of one year. Yeah. So I've had to reschedule with a different psychiatrist every single time. It takes several months to get in with the, the psychiatrist every time I reschedule. And I was like, I need you to call me back and have a discussion with me about this. Yeah. Because I, I just, I need to give you the timeline, tell you what's up, mm-hmm. and... Not a single time did I get a call back. Yeah. I got lucky a couple times calling them and actually finally getting through to someone the first time I tried. I, the disrespect. Yeah. Yeah. So we may have to adjust our recording day, basically. All that's that to okay. Say. <laughs> it's flexible. Yeah. We are quite a few weeks ahead. I Yeah. I, while we're recording this, we just released the first episode. Yes. Which... Um, last week. Yeah. And yeah. the response has been amazing. Yeah. Everyone's been so nice. We were shocked at how many people listened to the whole episode. Mm-hmm. And then just sent us, like, we just got so many, Such like, nice sweet. texts and yeah. messages and, like, people just, like, loving it. And, yeah. And also people, like sharing it and talking it up mm-hmm. to people and i mean i think we're both really proud of what we've done so far obviously mm-hmm. we've only released one episode but we're recording this is episode four yeah and we both are like really excited about it and mm-hmm. we we're really proud of the episodes we've put out and recorded mm-hmm. so far but there's always like a little 
nerves, I guess, yeah. of yeah. like how people, if, if anyone will like it or yeah. you know, whatever. I think we would do, we'll do this regardless of what, like, if people listen to it or not, right. but obviously but it was really, and not, it, it's nice to have people yeah. also like it. And the fact that it isn't just like the people we see on a regular basis. Like I have yeah. several of my friends from like my gaming group, people I've never met in real life. Yeah. Shout out to y'all <laughs> um, who were so excited, mm-hmm. like, and either listened and told me how, what they thought about it or just were like, wow, like, this is so cool. We're so proud of you. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. And that's just really cool to know that it's not just like our moms, like we thought. Yeah. Thank you, thank you to our moms. They also listened. Or our, like our closest like friends that we see all the time. It's like already been kind of reaching a wider yeah, a wider audience than we expected, I think. Yeah. So that's fun. Yeah, that is fun. Yay. Very exciting. Okay. We're ordering stickers and yes. hats. Yes. And yeah. Not, not going overboard, but yeah. a little this bit of merch. Probably, this episode will probably have launched after the art market where we'll be selling stickers. But yes, do know if uh, by the time you listen to this, we'll probably have at least stickers available mm-hmm. somewhere for purchase. Yeah more ideas and we got requests for merch based on the first episode Uh we did two people one person said they that we need a sweatshirt that says tornadoes they're real they're real (laughs) and then another person said that we needed a shirt that says i am not concerned with With the the thoughts thoughts of of men men. (laughs) so we each have a quote yeah lots of good uh one-liners Yep. <laughs> to slap on some merchy merch. <laughs> Slapping some one-liners. <laughs> I said something that was making me mad, not just this week, but just <laughs> for the past several years. So that's why I'm a mad woman. Did you have any goss or a reason you are a mad woman this week? No, I am a happy woman this week. I'm on a five-day weekend from work. I, I took... Well, it's a long holiday weekend, but I also, I took the two days around it off. So I have a five day weekend with like no plans, which I Mm -hmm. desperately needed. I'm lucky to have a boss where I just messaged her and was like, these dates are flexible, but I need five days in a row (laughs) just for my, my brain. Yeah. And she was like, sounds good. (laughs) So I took an extended weekend this weekend, uh, which I'm halfway through. And I feel so much better. And I finally filed for divorce. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, there's like a little bit of a process, but that was yeah. a huge step. Yeah, and that like, first step was I went relief. with her, obviously. <laughs> Is anyone surprised? Yeah. Um, but it was really like short. We weren't there for like more than maybe 15 minutes. Yeah, it's weird because with like an uncontested divorce, like there really isn't like a need for like, a ton of like legal representation. Yeah. But so I knew I was probably going to go with one of those like cheap divorces fast <laughs> type places, but it's hard because like it's really hard to know if it's like a scam. So one of our yeah. other friends who also recently did a divorce or went through a divorce, she used them and recommended them to me. So we have a little like chain network of people who have gone with them. Yeah. And they were super nice, but definitely like in a strip mall. Yeah, very weird, like straight, like we, like it was like print chairs and the, yeah, and a very specific like soundtrack. It was like 
we're gonna start a fire. Well, when I called them to schedule my appointment, I had called, I think, after their office closed and their wait music was Before He Cheats by (gasps) Carrie Underwood. I forgot you Which was, like, if you're going to be, like, a cheap divorces fast... Yeah. Business, like... Lean in. Lean, have fun with it. Yeah. And they were super nice, and I think it'll be pretty um, straightforward. Yeah. And it's nice to get that off my plate. So, yay. Yeah. And then nothing else this week. Just, it's cold. The weather just got cold. So I'm in fall girly mode. Yeah, I'm in seasonal deppy mode. Yeah. <laughs> This is I, I this is like my favorite time of year. I really enjoy it. I en- and I know if, if there's any other seasonal depression girlies out there, like legitimate seasonal affective disorder level, you'll understand the mixed feelings because it's gorgeous. It's lovely. It's beautiful. It's cozy. But it's also like this immense feeling of dread and lack of energy. <laughs> well, it is in the dark. I get really affected by it getting dark. Yeah. Just don't want to be out as much or as long. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if I, um, for the uh, the listeners, um, I basically <laughs> uh, did nothing yesterday, did not leave the house except to feed a friend's cat and ordered ramen and ate it in bed. Sorry, Virage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and I honestly don't know if that it was like, it's probably a combo of like early seasonal depression setting in, but also like I have just been doing too many things yeah whereas i stayed in two nights in a row and i was like vibrating out of my skin by like noon yesterday i was like i need to get out of the house Your, our concepts of like a day i are so different like if i say i need a day i mean morning to night i'm not leaving mine's like two hours yours is like you're going to hang out with somebody or you said you're going to have a day to yourself and then like you told me, oh, someone's coming over. And I'm like, uh, well, yeah, that's not how that works. <laughs> I had spent the whole day. It was like 6, 7 p.m. I had spent yeah. the whole day by myself. And I'm like, yeah, I feel great. I feel recharged. Yeah. I need to like, I definitely need to like get out, even if it's just to like go for a walk. Yeah. But like most days of the week, I need to like have social interaction, especially living alone. I can't. I, I have, have to, to have full days where I only do things by myself my therapist calls that um i do feel like puttering about she's like sarah you need one day of just like puttering about yeah i feel like that is the biggest difference between us as far as like our energy and social needs (laughs) yeah i'm much more extroverted and when it was shortly after you moved here where i realized i need to be better at Saying no. Yeah. Because it was the weekend that we went on Sunday to the basketball game. And everyone was like, yeah, stadium cheese. And I cried on the way because I was like, I just shit my pants. I shit my pants from that that stadium cheese. Mm. I was so I love stadium cheese. I love stadium dog. It's my favorite part of sports is is that like weird stadium nacho cheese. Yeah, and I I didn't even shit my pants. I had a dress on, and I remember being you shit your dress. Like you could feel. I felt something like shift mm-hmm. in my stomach, and I remember just looking at you, and being like, "I need to go." Yeah. I barely made it, and I I I mean, I had underwear on, but <laughs> they can only do so much. <laughs> So that would have been much A very worse. thin barrier. <laughs> it's too thin of a barrier for yeah. liquid shits. Yeah. Anyways. 
Should we dive into our story? Yeah. Was that all the goss we needed to do up front? We'll do. Yeah. We have a segment after that we'll do. Yeah. And I'll tell a story then. Let's get into our story. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. Story time. Okay. Before I get into it, I do want to do a trigger warning for suicide. Okay. Because that is sensitive to any of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh. <laughs> to be clear, I laugh because it's sensitive to both of us. <laughs> We're both we- triggered by the warning. <laughs> and, and and yet, here we go. I think I specifically said something in the first episode where I was like, and I'm glad some some didn't happen when I or when I was wanting to die. Yeah, so you like did. we've already broached this topic a little bit. Yeah. Okay. 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 So our Mad Woman of the Week is Sister Dorothy. Oh. Before I get into her whole background, I will put a um, disclaimer. It, it was a little hard to find like the historical details of this story, such as her last name. <laughs> but it's one of the most prominent like legends or ghost stories from my alma mater, Mercyhurst University. Mm-hmm. Which is an extremely haunted campus. Actually, I, it's in Erie, Pennsylvania, my hometown, which it has quite a few ghost stories, which I was reminded I hadn't been back in a while. And I went to um, one of my best friend's weddings was up there. And it's like you're walking around and you're really like, the whole place just feels spooky. And everyone's just like, yeah. I feel like just, I mean, I haven't been there specifically. It feels like that would be even more spooky. But even just that whole region, like... The Northeast. And every time I'm in Boston and I'm driving through, like, the smaller towns outside, I'm like, I... Michelle can attest. I'm just pointing at houses and saying haunted, 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 Have you been to Salem? Yes. Yeah, my sister used to live there. It's Salem generally, to me at least, feels less haunted... Oh. To be honest. Um, but I think it's mainly the touristy kind of stuff, like, oh, overpowers yeah. a lot of that energy. My but... sister's apartment that she lived in there was spooky. Yeah. So Mercyhurst as a whole is quite haunted, but this is one of the, like, major, major stories. But I think a lot of it is, like, word of mouth. So I mm-hmm. I tried to find as much research as I could to at least be able to, like, fact check fact check what I could and like piece together what probably happened. Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, Mercyhurst probably soon, I think they do it every Halloween or like around Halloween weekend. They do an event every year called Haunted Hearst, where they basically give like a ghost tour of campus. And I, when I went to college there, I was one of the like college tour guides <laughs> and we, that we were called ambassadors, but we had these like big oversized green blazers with like an official pin and an emblem and everything and everyone like unofficially called them the green jacket so I was a green jacket and the you had to do like hours like service hours to like keep your status as a green jacket and working this event was one of the ones like everyone did every year I would do it every year and um you could either like lead a ghost tour, like lead the tour itself, or you had to be stationed at one of the hauntings and tell the story to the students going mm, around. That's so cool. They should have, if they don't have this already, really good opportunity to have some sort of tour vehicle. 
called the Mercy Hearst Hearst. The Hearst, the Hearst Hearst. Yeah, the, the Hearst Hearst. Hearst. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll pass that along. Yeah, <laughs> when we send them this podcast and say, tell all your students. My new listen. career is just <laughs> driving the Hearst Hearst. <laughs> I get a cap. Yeah. So, and it was wild, like, when I was working that event. I mean, most of the stories are actually tied to, like, real deaths that happen on Mm -hmm. campus. But it's crazy, like, how many people have paranormal experiences that align and, like, corroborate the -hmm. story. Or, like, they all see people who, like, look look like the person without having seen a photo of them Mm -hmm. or like they smell the same smell or they hear the same sound and like without talking to each other have these experiences and it really is like most of the buildings on campus have at least one Mm -hmm. like haunting and many of like the public outdoor spaces like shared outdoor spaces the resident ghosts of that area there there's a it's not a park it's called the grotto is like this grassy area why do colleges always have weird names for grassy areas i can't remember what it what the story was on that one but there it was scary at night i would never walk through i mean you walk by it but i would never walk through it at night it was creepy i mean it's the campus itself everyone would joke that it looks like hogwarts like it's it's like a spooky campus Mm -hmm. just to begin with. Yeah. But not a ton of like hard, solid facts yeah. with this story, which I normally, for the purpose of the podcast, wouldn't go that route. Mm-hmm. Where there, where it was like mostly word of mouth, there's a lot of like conflicting details, which I'll get into. Um, but I had a paranormal experience with what I am fairly certain was this ghost, Dorothy. <laughs> and it was wild. So I'll tell that story at the end, but that's why I wanted to do this this one because I had like probably the craziest paranormal experience I have ever had was with sister Dorothy. Love you, sister Dorothy. (laughs) Do you? Yeah. (laughs) Especially after like, this is the most I've read. I knew her story already, obviously, but um, this is the most I've read about her and Mm -hmm. it made me, well, I'll get into all of it, but it, it definitely made me think a little more like what her experience was probably like. Yeah. It starts with a love story. Oh no. <laughs> As all great ghost stories start. Yeah. Starts with a love story. So Dorothy grew up in a very Catholic home in Erie, Pennsylvania, which Erie, as I said, is my hometown. I went to school there from like middle school through college. Um, and it's a pretty like Catholic area to begin with. And there are two major like Catholic colleges there. So there's mm-hmm. Mercyhurst, which is where our story takes place. That's also where I went to college. That was the all-girls Catholic college mm-hmm. founded in um, 1926. And then there's also Gannon University, which was founded as an all-boys Catholic college mm-hmm. in, I think, 1925. Um, so they're founded around the same time. They're all-girls, all-boys. They're co- both co-ed now, but that was kind of like at this time that this yeah. is taking place. That's... Um, the sitch. And while Dorothy is attending Mercyhurst, so like early on in her years at Mercyhurst, um, she falls in love with a young man named Tom. And I read a few accounts that said that he went to um, Penn State Barrett, which is also a, a local college. But I think that those accounts were wrong because Penn State Barrett did not exist until after World War II. And our story is taking place right 
as World War II is starting. You're just pro fact checker today. So, yeah, I would guess that he might have actually gone to Gannon because the story I read said that they met at an intercollegiate mixer. Mm, yeah. And Gannon and Mercyhurst used to do like mixer dances when they were each all girls, all boys. So I would guess that that's actually where he went, but I can't confirm. So Dorothy and Tom fall in love. They get engaged and they start planning their wedding. And this is in 1941-ish. Okay. (laughs) And Tom is drafted. Oh, fuck. To World War II. So he goes overseas and right as they're like planning to get married. So Damn. Ouchie. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, so ouchie. I know. (laughs) That's my favorite thing. (laughs) Um, So Dorothy is a student at this time. They try to keep their correspondence up through letters. But obviously he's at war. Like communication was difficult at that time. And it wasn't like how it is now. My dad was in the military. He would go for like tours where he would be gone for like a couple months at a time and come back. Or like at the most, I think a year and come back. In World War II, they would they left and then they like sometimes came back at the end of the war. Mm-hmm. So it was like years that he's gone. And they're communicating over letter, but like I imagine like she's pretty young. It's mm-hmm. like her entire college experience, I, I'm guessing, like based on the dates that I read, where she's just waiting for his letters and kind of like putting everything on hold and like wanting him oh, to come no. back safely and you know move forward with their wedding. And like he really left like at the peak of like their love for Mm -hmm. each other. So I imagine it was even like more heightened with distance. Yeah. Bummer. So (laughs) brace yourselves. (laughs) So just before. Yeah. Fasten your (laughs) seatbelts. Based on like the dates, um, I, because it was a four year college, I think Dorothy would have been like wrapping up schooling at this time. But just before the war ends, she receives a correspondence that Tom has been killed in action. So she's obviously devastated. She's been waiting for years. And she ends up shortly afterwards joining the Sisters of Mercy. So the Sisters of Mercy are the founders of Mercyhurst University. They're an Irish Catholic organization of nuns, a a convent. They have founded like several, many actually like healthcare organizations and schools around the world. They started in Ireland, but then like they have several schools in the United States and around the world. And like their whole thing is like supporting women and like having schools for girls and healthcare organizations for girls. I think they have like some problematic, um, of course, you know, like they've been accused of certain things. But when I went to school there, I will say like I loved the Sisters of Mercy. <laughs> they were like they got into a fight with like the local diocese over whether or not they should be allowed to pass out condoms at like the school health center. Yeah. And they did. Yeah. Like, they were just like, screw this. We're just going to do it. And they were all like all of the ones I met. They were just like silly. Yeah. I, I loved them. Anyways, <laughs> so they're nuns. There's still nuns on campus, mm-hmm. like not quite as much now, but at the time it was like an all girls school. It was completely run by nuns. A lot of the teachers were nuns. And she decides after Tom dies that she's just going to join the Sisters of Mercy. Mm-hmm. There were some articles that said that like she had like a very Catholic upbringing. And before she met Tom, she had intended to become a nun when Mm -hmm. she was older. And so a couple of the articles I read said that like when she found out he died, she just kind of like went back to her original plan. Like that she hadn't really like wanted to get married. She just loved him. Right. 
And so she went back to like, I'm just going to be a nun. Yeah. When I was at school, though, the story that was always circulated was that like she was very young. It was like the peak of their love story when he died and that she vowed herself to the church in like a commitment to never love another man because she loved him so much. Wow. I would I would think that it was a mix of both. Yeah. You know, where I think like she was so young and grew up very Catholic. And I think that would have just been like such a confusing mm-hmm. time. And I even wonder like at her age, if she was finishing up college, like most people are married by then. Yeah. In the 40s. Mm-hmm. So most women are married by then. Yeah. Especially if you don't think you are someone who will like, you know, fall in love again <laughs> when it was that one yeah. kind of special time there was like not as many options to just like live that way like so we do a shortage of men yeah at that time because of you know the war the war there was like a legitimate shortage of men yeah yeah because that's when at least like some of the reading that i've done is like that's why so many women started joining the workforce around that time is literally because they had to yeah yeah, um, that was like a huge turning point women yeah. in the workplace because and there joining weren't enough a convent men. is like another option. Yeah, it it makes sense to me why she would do that, especially mm-hmm. because that was her community. Like she's in college, surrounded by these sisters. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot there were a lot of young sisters at the time mm-hmm. who feel like her community, and it's like, okay, well, I just had this huge tragic thing happen, and now I can have this like sense of community mm-hmm. and stay here. And be, like, taken care of and and not have to, like, go through a bunch more change. So it makes sense to me why she did that. Okay. (laughs) So the legend part of this Uh says that when she takes her final vows, Mm -hmm. so she, there's, like, a process of becoming a nun. When she takes her final vows, she's in the chapel. It's called Christ the King Chapel. It's, like, the main chapel on campus. She takes off her engagement ring, like, symbolically mm-hmm. that she's now married to the church. Oh. Takes off her engagement ring and places it on. There's, like, this little Jesus statue in the chapel that's still there. It, uh-huh. It's to the right of the altar in the main chapel. There's, like, a main chapel, and then there's also, like, another smaller chapel. And it's, like, kind of in between those two, like before the offshoot to the other chapel. Yeah. And it's called the Infant of Prague. It's like this little Jesus statue. We have one of those here in Oklahoma. Did you know that? No. There's a, if on the road from Tulsa to Oklahoma, there's a sign that basically is like saying, come see this thing. And it's the Jesus baby infant Jesus of Prague. Yeah. Prague in Oklahoma. Yeah, Prague. Yeah. (laughs) Yeehaw. Yeah. So she puts her engagement ring on the hand of the statue. Yeah. And leaves it there. And I guess, like, nobody touched it. It just was there for years, just on this statue. It's, like, not really a area you would walk by like or notice and so apparently her engagement ring just sits in the chapel for a long time Hmm. feels like it could be like collecting some energy yes (laughs) well it's just hovering we're gonna hear more about that later (laughs) also about it being in the in like the liminal space between two chapels like Mm -hmm. just liminal spaces in general where it's like it's just 
Just opening some doors for some stuff. Well, and I can't remember the smaller chapel. I can't remember what the name of it is, but there's Christ the King Chapel. Mm -hmm. And then the smaller chapel is like named after Mary or something. Like it's a feminine name. Yeah. There's like a masculine name on the main Mm -hmm. one and a feminine name that's like an offshoot area. For the girls. Yes. And so it's between the two is where this thing is, where she leaves her engagement ring. Interesting. But she, to her, it was, like, symbolic that yeah. she's, like, closing that chapter and that she's, like, given herself to the Life church. to Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Every, every time between these it's chunks of the really story. It's a really tragic story. Yeah. It's, it's rough. So she um, gets settled into being a nun. Several years pass, like, a significant amount of time passes. She is a sister of Mercy, so she's working and living on the campus of Mm -hmm. Mercyhurst now. And she receives news that Tom is actually alive and has returned from the war. So he didn't die. It was a miscommunication. And... There was differing accounts on this too, but it was believed that he was actually taken prisoner of war at the end of the war. And then there was a lot of chaos at the end of World War II. Yeah, I was about to ask why his letters stopped though. So like his letters stopped. And then there was a miscommunication where he was like filed as dead, which happened. At, at that time, that would happen, mm-hmm. and he was misfiled. And so his family, everyone had been told that he was dead, and then he shows up years later and is actually alive. Oh. Yeah. I want it to be a happy ending where well, she's like, bye, Jesus. Yeah. My man is back. I know. It's not, is it? Well, so they meet up. Yeah. And in reading about this more, I think when I first heard the story, I was like, I just don't get what was so hard about this. Like, just you can leave being a nun yeah like you can become a nun and change your mind Mm -hmm. and she could have left and married him but as I I feel like I'm older now and as I was thinking about it older like he comes back from war in his mind like no time has passed like he's like we're engaged we're getting married I've been thinking about you this whole time and for her like she has closed that right she's moved on she's made peace with it she has this whole life and I think like nuns I think are very like misunderstood women Mm-hmm. But, like, that is your family yeah. and your sense of community. And you have such a close bond to those people. Mm-hmm. And you can leave the convent, yeah. but it's a very long process. So you can – I was reading a little bit because I was like, I wonder why she didn't just leave. Yeah. But it's – you can leave with permission, mm-hmm. which is, like, this huge – process acquire it yeah you have to file for permission it can take years it's very slow a lot of times when sisters leave with permission they have to do so secretly so they have to apply for permission it can take years to get approved and you can't talk to any of your sisters about it yeah and then you just leave one day and a lot of times you don't get any communication with oh. them after the fact so you're really like losing your whole yeah. community and your whole family you have to that. be certain that that's what yeah. you want yeah or you can leave without permission and that is like something that people don't do often because it's really hard you really have to like burn the bridge yeah. to like leave without permission there's no permission. going back yeah the accounts that i read were like he tom comes back 
he's like, let's get married. I love you. He's so, I mean, imagine you haven't seen like the love of your life yeah. in years and years and years. Of course, they're going to want to kiss you and, and hug you and all of this stuff that she can't do. Yeah. <laughs> and she's trying to explain like, I've moved on, but she's devastated. Yeah. And he's trying to say, you should leave and, and we should get married. And she's like very conflicted over like what the right thing to do is. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also like, one thing I thought about at this age is like she was probably 18 when she got engaged to him. Yeah. And then she's like, I don't know, maybe in her like late 20s and he comes back and like a lot of times you're very different after war. Mm-hmm. And like she might not even know if she want, likes him yeah. anymore. You know, like yeah, it would be totally so confusing. Di- I, I mean, I just think <laughs> of the massive difference between 18 yeah. year old Maggie and 28 year old Maggie. Yeah. My God. Yeah, and I think it's, like, because she thought he was dead, like, she emotionally probably, like, really moved on. Yeah, that was quite a bit of time to process. Quite a bit of time. Like, years have passed. It's also, like, a huge leap from when you're, like, just starting college to, like, now you're an adult. Right. And she is very confused. Yeah. (laughs) Basically. She's very confused and he basically like puts it in her court. I also think like at that time, as we said, there's a shortage of men. I think while now it might feel like, well, there's not like a time limit on it. It probably felt at the time like there was. Like I'm sure he wanted to get married and Mm -hmm. had choices and it was like... And babies quickly. Now or never. Yeah. And she was obviously like really distressed over the decision. Yeah, that is all. The the whole picture you have for the rest of your life wouldn't just adjust. It's like a complete reversal. Yeah. Well, and I was even thinking like, I think it's hard to understand like why it would be such a difficult decision to leave the convent Mm -hmm. but like emotionally I feel like it would be similar to if she had like married someone else yeah and then he comes back and it's like oh now I have to choose between these two people that I love and I love my new husband and he Mm -hmm. he fits my life now but do I owe it to this other person right and is that person really going to make me as happy I think it would have been really a crazy to yeah I mean there's a reason the symbolism is you marry the church when you kind of join this thing is because it is that level of commitment especially like going back to like if it was something she always wanted to do or thought about doing Mm -hmm. yeah 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 it would be hard so As I said, she becomes very distressed under the weight of the decision. The deep sighs between every transition are really just like... I know. Make me nervous. And I think it's hard, like, it was just the unnecessary, like, loss of that love and, like, Mm -hmm. that future with him. Yeah. And I think, I imagine there was pressure, too, from, Mm -hmm. like, the church, you know, where she works and, like, is living and serves. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know... I imagine there was a lot of pressure from both sides and just internally. Okay, so she lives on the fourth floor of Egan Hall, which for a long time, so like now Mercyhurst campus is like bigger, but Mm -hmm. at the front of the campus are these old buildings. These are the original buildings. This is what everyone like says looks like Hogwarts. Like there are these really beautiful historic buildings. Mm -hmm. And on the one side is Egan Hall, and like originally, when it's a girls' school and the population is smaller at the school, that's the dorms. Mm-hmm. Then it is no longer dorms at all now. But at the time, she lives in that building, and she lives on the fourth floor. Now that the fourth floor, it's like it's almost like an attic. It's very creepy. 
I don't even think you're allowed up there like mm. now because it's just like there's no purpose for it. It's an empty room. I'm pretty sure they block the staircase. Like you can't even go up there mm. except for Haunted Hearst. <laughs> Love <laughs> it. <you> can. <laughs> yeah. And that's the only time I've ever been up there was during those tours. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. And so there, this is another part of the story where, like, some accounts said that she locked herself up there in her room. Mm-hmm. Other accounts said that, like, the sisters were really worried about her because she seemed to be kind of, like, losing her grasp mm-hmm. on things. And that they thought isolating her would be better for her and better for everyone oh, else. No. And that they locked her up there. No. So it's uncertain why she was locked, but she is isolated in her room. And at this point, she's still up there. People, all of the sisters and the girls that live there can hear her like wailing up in this room because she's so distressed. And a lot of them were saying like, that it seemed like she was, like, losing her mind at the time. So, yeah. And she is found dead in her room eventually. She hangs herself up on the fourth floor, and she's found up there. And it was, like, a very tragic ending to the story where nobody got, like, a happy ending. Ugh. That makes me like there's and I and I don't know I'm I'm still like learning about you know the timeline of like <laughs> psychiatry yeah but like everything we know about like the biggest precursor to suicide is feelings of like isolation and yeah. a lack of belonging yeah and hopelessness literally the worst thing they could have done was yeah. isolate her well and it's hard to know too like. There is so much, like, my first half of my childhood up till I was, like, maybe 12, 13, I grew up Catholic. There's a lot of guilt in the Catholic Church. Church. (laughs) But I will say compared to, like, Protestantism, how do I say this? Maybe more, like, open sinning. (laughs) I don't know how else to explain it. Like, there's, like, a lot of people just, like, drink heavily like at least this is my memory of it like a lot of people are a little bit more like cavalier with sin than my experience in like the protestant church but then there's like this immense guilt Mm -hmm. over it and so i definitely of course there's no like story there's nothing written about this but i was really wondering like if it were me (laughs) and my betrothed who i thought was dead returns what do you think we're doing that night? Fucking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're embracing <laughs> physically. <laughs> you know what I mean? And maybe she didn't oh, do that. Oh, that went out my nose. <laughs> and maybe she didn't do that. You know what I mean? Embracing. I'm not going to put anything on her spirit, you know, but if it were me, <laughs> they at least held hands. <laughs> Something's happening. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, ooh. Uh, yeah, so I, there could have been some shame, guilt, guilt yeah. um, even if she just wanted to. Right. Like, the Catholic Church is so, like, even well, if you just thought about it. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, there would be a lot, a lot of guilt. Yes. Yeah. So, well, especially with, as a nun, with physical intimacy in yeah. particular. Like, so much There's so many things that. she could feel guilty about that would probably be really hard but this specifically even just thoughts uh, specifically yeah. thoughts of dick 
<laughs> I wasn't gonna say it because I'm trying to be respectful of her 1940s. We are Sister of Mercy ghost. We're respect- respecting her likely sex drive that she had. Yeah, and reaffirming that she was not She's wrong a human to being. work that. She's a human being, and that. It is just bad news all around to make people feel like shit for that. Because here's the result. Yeah, so I feel like the ghost story as it's told is very, like, she's very 1D in it. Where it's like, oh, she, you know, it's this... Yeah. Tragic irony where she thinks he's dead and then Mm -hmm. she can't marry him when he comes back and then she just kills herself. Very Shakespearean. And it's like the the, the layers of, like, just grief... And confusion and also, like, who knows what kind of person he was. Yeah. You know, like, maybe he was an amazing person and he comes back from war and she's like, oh, yeah, I want to, I do want to marry you. And it was mm-hmm. more like she can't, which is more how the story is told. Right. But it also could have been like, maybe she sees him and it's like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. What, I don't know if it's worth it. She could have come to terms with so many things yeah. in the time where he was gone. Yeah, it could have been like, I don't know if it's worth it yeah. to leave, but I feel all this pressure yeah. from everyone like I should. Like yeah. I should know. Yeah. And maybe she didn't. Yeah. So very complicated. Mm-hmm. So this is where we get into the spookiness. So immediately following her death, mm-hmm. which as, as I said, people were already hearing her before she dies. Mm-hmm. People are hearing her up there wailing. It's disturbing everyone. Like yeah. everyone's very like kind of already, she's already this like mythical yeah. <laughs> figure as the story is told that people were already a little scared. A real life woman in the attic. She is a woman in the attic, which is also why I chose this. Mm-hmm. So immediately following her death, there are a couple sisters who late at night are in the chapel and see this figure sitting in the front row praying. Mm-hmm. And they think it's a sister and they approach her and she disappears. And every sister who tells this story said that there was a weird smell. Right when she disappears, they smelled this Ooh. weird smell and they all described it in the same way. That like in her wake, there's this like odor. And I couldn't find like what the odor was but they all apparently had the same telling yeah like oh i saw this woman she disappeared and then i smelled this strong smell otherwise they would have just said my eyes were just playing tricks right yeah and it was always the back of her like they always would see the back of her praying Mm -hmm. and she was always in shadow at the very front of the chapel so that's immediate and everyone yeah. kind of writes them off. Some of the sisters who claimed this were older and they were just like, oh, they're just senile. Yeah. They're just seeing things. Mm-hmm. So there's these experiences in the chapel where mm-hmm. her engagement ring still is. There are so many accounts of seeing her ghost in Egan Hall, this old dormitory. And they start almost immediately And it's a lot of the same experiences, like people who lived like into the 90s, into when I went to Mm -hmm. college there just like 10 years ago, people have the same, oh, she's always in this hallway in the morning when we wake up. When it goes co-ed, there's crew, boys on the crew team that get up really early in the morning for practice. And they Mm -hmm. said every morning, 5 a.m., she's in the hall. Her ghost is in the hall. We see her every morning. They all said in the bathroom, if it's late at night and you go to the bathroom, you're going to see her reflection over your shoulder in the mirror. 
The craziest Oof. one is that for a while afterwards, like they built new dorms that people went to. So like eventually the fourth floor wasn't used. Mm-hmm. But for a while, there's girls living in her old room where she yeah. was found. Apparently, they could not keep mirrors there because they broke so frequently. You couldn't even keep a mirror. The girls that lived in that room. And they chills. all said it. They all said, oh, yeah, we just can't even keep mirrors up, up there because they just shatter. So many mirrors. And it was like the whole hall, there's like just endless accounts of mirrors breaking. Like yeah. people's just little mirrors that they bring to do their makeup and do their hair. Uh-huh. Just mirrors breaking all through this hall. But specifically in her room, like it got to a point where people just wouldn't even have them. The girls who lived there, they would just go down to the bathroom. Which wow. is so wild. And then a lot of noises. So yeah. they would hear her wailing. Mm-hmm. They would hear her crying and screaming. It's a lot of like the same experiences. And the people who saw her ghost all described her the same way. So it was like they were seeing the same person to the point where like a lot of the accounts that I was like reading on the, online were like, oh, yeah, like we all just talk about her like she lives here. Yeah. Because it's just a normal, we just see her every day. Yeah. And none of them said, like, that they were too scared by her Mm -hmm. and that they felt like she was just watching out for them, but that she was a very, like, normal day-to-day experience for anyone who lived in that building. It is noteworthy that there was also a fire, and I could not find a lot of, like, concrete facts about this either, but there was a fire early on in the history of the Mm -hmm. school, so, like, possibly even before this where there was a few girls who were either injured or killed in this fire and that um, it's possible that like there are several ghosts in that building that people are seeing. But a lot of people claim that it's her, that it's Dorothy. Wow. Is this the story? I can't remember if I heard this from you and you were telling me this story one time, which I'm glad I remember none of it. This all feels like a surprise. But was this like... Did they rebuild and, like, the levels of the floor were just, like, six inches lower than they had been before? So all the ghosts that people would see were, like, just, like, in the ground? No. I'm going to have to find whatever that was. But, yeah, because it's, like, they were still, like, existing within the physical space that they used to. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Okay. And then there's one last, before I get into my paranormal experience with Dorothy, Mm -hmm. there's one last absolutely wild story Okay, so remember her engagement ring? Yeah. Is on... Jesus. The Jesus statue. Yeah. This is the story that just had... I'm like, did this actually happen? Because it had just the most discrepancies Mm -hmm. of any part of this that I read. Yeah. But... The from like when it happened to what Mm -hmm. happened. So the engagement ring is apparently on the statue. Yeah. And people think it's haunted. They know it's Mm -hmm. hers. They think it's haunted. No one wants to touch it. Yeah. You know, apparently there is a student years later, a female student at Mercyhurst, Mm -hmm. who she's getting to a point she's in a long distance relationship. Yeah. And she's getting to a point where she thinks they're going to get engaged. And she, as a joke, takes the ring and is trying to prank her boyfriend who's supposed to be visiting from out of town. Her phone rings and she picks up her phone wearing the ring and it's his parents calling to tell her that he died in a freak <gasps> car accident driving to see her. Yeah. And she puts the ring back and she swears it was the ring. And it was like, because she took it and she like puts the ring back and like ended up dropping out of school. 
When was this? I don't know. That's what there was an account. Because if she had like a cell phone. No, it would have been like a landline. Oh, I see. I see. There was an account that said like the 50s, 60s. So it was like not too long after. But then I also read one that said like it sounded more like 90s. Wow. So that's why I'm like, but the the one that said 90s was from the school. Yeah. Where they said like this was a student and then she left because she couldn't be there anymore because she was so freaked out. Wow. Yeah. Can you? And it was that her fiance died. Yeah. That's what it was like. The same thing happened. She was and she like who knows but right. It said she picked up the phone with the hand that the ring right. was on. Well, even if like you told are somebody dead. who doesn't believe in <gasps> the I supernatural, which. <laughs> Why? I feel like even if you didn't believe in any of that, it would be so hard to fight any feelings of, like, guilt. Oh, yeah. Like, even if you're like, I don't believe in ghosts. I don't, you know, whatever. It's like, but maybe. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. That's terrible. So that's the wildest one. But there's a lot, a lot, a lot of people over. I mean, it's been 80 years. Yeah. And there are a lot of people that claim... To have had an experience with her, including me. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Which brings me baby. to my paranormal experience with uh-huh. Sister Dorothy. <laughs> I have had, which we were talking a little bit about, like, our paranormal experiences. I have had tons of paranormal experiences. Mm-hmm. This was the only one that I have had in my life where I was like, there is no explanation for this. Mm-hmm. I know that it was her. Yeah. So I'm a green jacket. As I I said earlier Mm -hmm. in the episode, I'm a green jacket. I'm working on campus and Haunted Hearst is coming up. Yeah. And they, it it takes a lot of people because there's people who need to take the tours around. And then there's also people who are stationed at each of the hauntings. Mm -hmm. And it's usually like a small group where you kind of like reenact it. Yeah. And then there's a person Mm -hmm. telling the story. And I will say... (laughs) Like, our reenactment was a little, like, silly because it's scary. Like, yeah. it is, there are scary stories. The campus is creepy. They try to make it, like, jump scares and, like, a little lighthearted. Yeah. And it's, like, fun for the students to come to. Yeah. So I show up to, like, you had to show up early and they give they assign you where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. They tell me I am on fourth floor of Egan Hall and I'm, like... Fuck. Can I not do this? <laughs> Can I turn in my green jacket? Because there is no chance in hell that I'm going to stand up on the fourth floor of Egan Hall for hours with no one up there. Because yeah. you're just waiting for the tourists to come in and out. Uh-huh. But I, I was with two other girls and we were like, okay, okay it's okay. You know, but this is going to be creepy. And they were really like silly and funny. So we get up there and we had to go early because you have to set everything up. And I don't remember like all of the details of our like little skit. Mm -hmm. But I remember the other two girls were like reenacting it. And we had like a jump scare where one of them jumped out of something and is dressed as this Mm -hmm. ghost. And I, my job was to tell the story. Yeah. So I'm standing in the room waiting for the tours to come in and then I tell the story. Mm-hmm. And so we're up there and it, like that room doesn't have any purpose on campus anymore. There was like a couple things in it. I don't really remember what they were. And then there's one door, like you walk up these stairs cause it's, it's like the ceiling is slanted. It's like very much like an attic room, the size of like a bedroom. Yeah. And you walk up the stairs through the door and then there's one other door on the other side mm-hmm. of the room that was closed. 
And I think there was like, it was kind of a small space and the tours were coming through and there was something where we were like, we might need to put something in whatever, what's on the other side of this door. So we tried the door and it's locked and there's no way to get into this door. And we're like, oh, whatever. Don't think anything of it. Yeah. And we're creeped. We're creeped out. It's a scary, you know, it's a scary room. We're a little Mm -hmm. creeped out, but... You know, we're like, well, whatever. We'll just make light of it. We're joking around. We're being silly. The tours start coming through. We go through it several times. Everyone's loving it, you know. And it is, like, mostly freshmen who do the tours. Yeah. Like, you usually do it once, and then the upperclassmen are, like, at parties. Yeah. So, But it's mostly freshmen that come in. So they're all, like, really, um, you know, like, being rowdy. Yeah. (laughs) They're, like, really rowdy. They're excited. They're, like, whatever. Probably many of them pre-gamed. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, they're all being rowdy. Intoxicated. Yeah. They all come in, and I remember vividly, there's this group coming in, and there was, like, a freshman boy in this group who's kind of, like, giving me shit. You know, Mm -hmm. he's, like, overcompensating. Like, it's scary, and he's like, oh, I'm, I'm brave. So he's, like, making a lot of jokes. He's giving me shit. And I'm standing with my right shoulder is, like, maybe a foot away from that closed door. And the tour group is lining up for me to do my bit. I'm getting chills already. I am covered in goosebumps. Yeah. Thinking about it. And this kid, I remember this kid is giving me shit. And he's kind of, like, taunting the ghost. Yeah. And it is like the exact sound if I took both of my fists on a door and just boom, 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 super loud. And I'm standing right next to it. And I'm like freaked the fuck out because I know the door is locked and no one's up there. Yeah. And we've been up there for hours. Yeah. Like at this point, it's the end of the tours. We've been up there for hours. We tried to open the door and it was locked and there's no key like to get in there. I'm yeah. sure there's a maintenance key, but like I doubt many people have that <laughs> and no one uses that room. So like there's no one in there. You know what I, mean? <laughs> and I am so scared. And the kid who's give, taunting the ghost, he says, ha ha ha, good one. I'm sure someone's in there and tries the doorknob and it's locked. And he's like, you guys locked it from the inside. The whole group, they're all giving me shit about yeah. it. Like they're all like, ha ha, you can't fool us. Like we're not scared. And I'm like, I know you're not going to believe me, but there's, we couldn't open that door. There's no one in there. Like I'm scared <laughs> and they don't believe me. And I'm just of like, course. whatever. So I go along with the thing and the group leaves and I turn around and the other two girls are like, <laughs> we're just like, <gasps> so scared and then we had to stay there until the end of the thing and but it was that he was taunting her yeah and it was so loud like yeah. it, it wasn't like something fell over it was like fists on pounding on a door really hard and like there was just something in like the energy i felt that i was like oh fuck And it was like, there's no explanation. And we tried the door again, you know, where we Mm -hmm. were like, maybe there's someone trying to prank us. Yeah. But like, they would have come out. No one came out. The door was still locked. And it was terrifying. I never went up there again. Like, it, it was really, really scary. Wow. But I did love that, like, we were up there for hours and... 
It was when like a boy was talking yeah. shit. That, that was one of the reasons I felt She's so like, strongly it to was the her. Tour guide. Then she was like, "This is about me, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Show some respect." And it was so scary. I was always really freaked out by that because there was tons of ghost stories, and some of them felt like legend. Yeah, you know. Yeah, some of them had like historical, you ties, know, yeah. ties where it was like, oh, this. Right. legitimately happened lots of people have seen this person there was like a staircase where a student had fallen Ooh. and died that was very scary at night and you know there was some that were like a little scarier and i had had several experiences mm-hmm. around campus but that one was wild i love the idea of like imagining dorothy enjoying this season and waiting for the tour guys. She's like, here they go. Like eating her little ghost popcorn in the corner. And then some little bitch ass kid starts like being yeah. a, a punk. And she's like, well, yeah. shut up. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to scare you. Yeah. She's like, I nice. normally don't do this very often. <laughs> but I'm making an exception tonight. For you. Because <laughs> you're such a dumbass. Yeah. And it is interesting that like a lot of the accounts of her ghost are like, oh, you know, she's more protective yeah. than anything else that she seems to care for all of them. Sounds like she was protecting you a little she's bit. she's nice. And, but the energy was like, negative. I don't know how to explain. Like it felt like anger. Yeah. And I was so scared. Yeah. Even if you know, you're not the recipient of that anger. I feel like being in like that presence is just, I mean, I feel oh, yeah. like you walk into a room where people are fighting and even if they're not fighting with or at you, or if the fight just happened and it's not yeah. silent, you feel that. And it's like, and I remember at the time, like the girls who I was with were like really joking a lot about it. Mm-hmm. And I, we, I think they were trying to just like make light of it. And I remember thinking like, this is such a sad story. Yeah. And I had recently had a friend yeah. Pass away from suicide. And I think like in my brain, I remember thinking of her as like, I know this happened a really long time ago, but I remember thinking like, damn, that's dark, you yeah. know, and everyone was kind of joking about it. And I remember when it happened feeling like we shouldn't have been making fun of her. Yeah. You know, like we shouldn't have been making light of it. This was a real person. Right. Who died up here so tragically. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling like, oh, Yeah. We shouldn't have done that. Yeah. I'm going to be haunted the rest of my life. (laughs) Wild story. Yeah. Yeah. Did you believe in ghosts already? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I always... I mean, my family is Irish Catholic. Right. Very superstitious Mm -hmm. people in general. Yeah. My grandma, who has since passed away... She had a very, like, creepy corner of her basement. She had, like, a walkout basement that all of my cousins were scared of. And we all had would say the same thing. She'd always send us down there to get, like, different things. She had, like, you know, a stockpile of, like, mm-hmm. ketchup. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> random shit. Cereal. It was always, like, she'd be like, go down and get mayonnaise. And we'd, we'd get this can of mayonnaise that expired 10 years ago. She has, like, 20 of them. We're like, why is this here? And she's like, ah. I don't think it counts if you haven't opened it. And we're like, I think it counts if it was the last millennia. Right. (laughs) (laughs) um, But we found out when we were older that the previous person who lived in her Mm -hmm. home had hung himself in the corner of his basement. 
And so we mm-hmm. all just always felt like that was him. Yeah. And then her attic was also very, I never slept. There was beds. It was like a bedroom up there. Yeah. I never slept there. I was so scared. And it was two twin beds. And one of the beds was her, my, my grandfather, but it was her second husband. Mm-hmm. Um he died of cancer in her home and she had bought a twin bed to put in her living room so he could die at home. And he died in one of the beds that was in the attic. And it just had a vibe. Yeah. You know, like it just had a creepy vibe. And then I had tons of experiences. Like my sister always felt very like she would see ghosts. Mm -hmm. And then I remember like very distinctly in my kitchen in high school, which was like a new construction home. Yeah. I walked into my kitchen middle of the day and I like blinked and I can still picture it. It was like a girl had been pulled out of water, like was what she looked like. Like she was wet. Her skin was like, you know, if someone drowns, that was what she looked like. And she had things in her hair. Wow. I just got chills. You again. know, like swampy leaves. Yeah. That kind of and when I opened my eyes, I saw her. Yeah. And was like, oh. and she was just looking at me. And then I blinked and she was gone. I've had tons of them. But this one at, at school was wow, by far the scariest. The other experiences I've had have been like a flash where I'll see something. Right. Or like maybe my eyes were just playing right. a trick Check on me. Light. Yeah. Or it's like I just feel like someone's watching mm-hmm. me is more common. Like I just feel like someone's yeah. looking at me. This was the first one where it was like, I heard it and 20 people in the room all heard it together. Yeah. Where everyone jumped, you know? And when you all collectively experience right. something, yeah. it's like, that feels a little different than mm-hmm. like me feeling a little spooked. I, I do feel like sound is Scary. like of all the senses that are the hardest to explain away. Yeah. It is sound. Yeah. Like, except, like, you know, like, I, you always hear about shrieking in the woods. And sure. I absolutely believe in cryptids. Could have been it's an like, animal. Okay, it was a bobcat. Or, yeah. You know, but, like, in situations like this. And it was so close to me. Yeah. That was, there were so many parts about it. It was, like, there was probably 20 people. Right. Maybe, And there like wasn't 15. a time someone could have gone in there or left. No, I was standing next yeah. to, I was literally standing in front of that door the entire time we were up yeah. there. Weird. And I think if we hadn't, like, tried the door... But it was like we had tried the door earlier and I think someone even like went to try to find the key to be like, can we, is there any way we can open this? It was like we had confirmed so mm-hmm. solidly that it didn't open. Weird. I feel like it's important for everybody to know like that you're like not religious. Like you're not yeah. like, <laughs> you're like an atheist. Is that important? <laughs> important just for belief like for believability because like i think a I lot of people strong, tie yeah. like the belief in a spiritual afterlife. realm or yeah. afterlife with religion and yeah. at least for me when i've heard stories from people they have always been more believable to me when they've come from someone who doesn't really have like a tie to yeah. a religion necessarily. I don't have a strong, I think I believe in an afterlife, but I don't have like a strong opinion on what it looks like. Right. And it, I feel like there's at least my thought is there's a lot more science to it. I really liked in interstellar. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it really kind of sci-fi. I mean it, but it's based in like some fear, like theories that are 
rooted in real science and math where there's this whole other like dimension. Yeah. You know, like, so it's, it presents as a ghost, but it's really like, a you know, at some point a different, we can like move through time. Yeah. And so like, I feel like, you know, maybe there's some more science to it. I'm sure there's some science to like consciousness. Yeah. Or like energy. Yeah. Particles Mm -hmm. just stay in existence or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's all cool and believable. Weird. Have you ever had any Um, paranormal experiences? I really wish I had more cool stories, especially because I so strongly believe in, like, a spiritual plane of some sort. Mm -hmm. I used to think I saw a ghost when I was a freshman in college. Mm -hmm. I think that was that one in particular was actually an early, like, psychosis hallucination (laughs) because it happened after I watched a scary movie that really like deeply kind of affected my psyche and so I was seeing things in the corner of my dorm but I did there was a apparently a ghost in the house I lived in my last two years of college I have so few memories of this time because of (laughs) the trauma yeah but I do remember the previous owners told us that there was a house ghost named Jessica, but we had, we lived with someone. So we like named Jessica. So we called Jessica is a great name for a ghost. (laughs) Well, we had to call her Hessica because um, your roommate was also named Jessica, right? Yeah. I'm sure she loved that. Yeah. Like (laughs) I've been here longer, bitch. Yeah. Like she's like, (laughs) I feel like she would be Haggy. Yeah. (laughs) Haggy. But there was one of my housemates in a different bedroom had a dog that at some point I I remember we were in her room and the dog wouldn't like exit the room and was just like barking in the at the hallway wall Mm -hmm. and for like no reason like it dogs you see some dogs that is like I do think animals know I think animals know I think they just it's like there's a reason they pick up on things yeah like even like cancer you know like they know when you're sick they know when you're pregnant they like like yeah all of these things so yeah 100% I don't think Jessica was very like active as a ghost but there was that one time that was like, all oh, right, that felt a little weird. Yeah. Would you be an active or a sedentary ghost? <laughs> I would be active. I think I'd like to be active. Yeah. I would be scaring everyone. Okay, what's your like ghost activity of choice? I don't think mine would be super dark. Mm-hmm. But I would want to do silly things to make people scared. Yes. Like the lights. I would yeah. want to move things. I would want to do stuff that made people think that they're crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like a prankster ghost. I would be a, a prankster ghost for sure. But I would definitely be like, I'm here. I want to be like the old lady ghost in the lamp who's just like... My ghost? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, that that kind of where it's like someone just... I want to haunt an object. Oh, yeah. That is an object that people will take with them anywhere, you know? So I just follow See, I, the same people. <laughs> I think I would haunt a place. A place. Specifically, I think I would be in a place. I always we've think got about... To t- we've got time to prepare our... Well, I think we have time to prepare our, our ghostly activities. Yeah. Oh, we can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did? Okay. We didn't see anything. But <laughs> Hannah and I recently... Hannah's my sister. One of them. 
Hannah and I recently went up to Kansas City, mm-hmm. and we went north a bit, and now I can't remember the name, but there is a, um old asylum. Ooh. That has been Ooh. converted into a museum, but it's also on prison grounds. Ooh. I so Sounds like I, a recipe for yeah. So it's been turned into a, a museum of psychiatry, which is why I was like, okay, I really want to go. Like that's what I'm get, doing professionally, and just you know, an interest in general as someone who's mentally ill. So we went, and like we were like thinking it was going to be really spooky. Museum was really well done. It was very like respectful of like and how it described the modern explanations of like mental illness. Yeah. Um, and there was a, obviously like in the basement there was like a exhibit about like the old means of healing, quote unquote. Yeah. You know, like we're just basically torture. Torture. Yeah. Um, and they were there was some I hadn't heard of and they were terrible. But that whole building was like we we were like pointing at objects like haunted, 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 haunted. You know. Because there were some weird things in there. But it wasn't, like, as spooky as we expected. And we had heard that there was tunnels. And so we asked the people at the front desk when we were leaving. And they're like, oh, you just walk out the main door and across to another door. And it was, like... (laughs) (laughs) We didn't see anything. We didn't really hear anything. We didn't smell anything. But you felt weird. But we felt weird. Yeah. I mean, and it was like a dramatic energy shift from yeah. the actual psychiat- old psychiatrists or old asylum yeah. to this hallway. And I have like a video of it. I think Hannah was recording as we were because it's it's blocked off. Like it's, a, it's a now blocked because what it used to be used for was taking prisoners to and from the asylum. Ooh. Yeah. So, so it's a dark mental space. That's dark mental there. space, no windows, pretty much underground once you get down to it. There's like paintings on the wall. I think it looked like someone tried to make it cheerful at some Ooh, point, which is worse. Even worse. Yeah. And it was just, I mean, it was like a just such a dramatic shift in energy that like I, I think one of the videos has me looking at the camera. Luna's in the backpack with me because I had to take her and just being like, and we like walk all the way down because we're like we're gonna do it like we're gonna be down here and then we kind of like hurry out a little bit because we're like well this feels bad yeah (laughs) and that prison is active um (sighs) so it's on the prison grounds pretty much still the asylum is no longer in use other than the museum but it is still an active prison right there with old prison buildings that are not part of the museum, but I don't think are in use anymore. So they just stay in there creepily. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't see anything, but that was like an energy shift. I want to request from listeners to send us your personal yeah, send hauntings. send us your paranormal experiences. Yeah, you can email us at hello at madwomaninthealtic.com. Yeah. And maybe we'll like pick some to read on the next or, episode. Or you can DM us on Instagram. Yes. Or send us a voice note. That would be the best. Yeah, we'd have to just make sure we save it because they disappear. Well, send us an audio recording and email it to us. Yeah, perfect. Women in STEM. Women in STEM. <laughs> any any other thoughts on this story? I don't think so. It was a good one. And yeah. so I, I love that it was like personal to you too. Yeah, that, that you was experienced a fun one. this ghost firsthand. Yeah, love you, Dorothy. Yeah, <laughs> please don't haunt me. <laughs> I do love her. I feel like I mm-hmm. like. 
I think especially in 2010, <laughs> people just talked about things like suicide very differently then. And I think like really made light of it. Very flippant. Yeah. And so I think especially with this kind of story, I, I mean, yes, it was like whatever, 60, 70 years before I went to college there. But like people just like made really light of it. Yeah. In like this word of mouth retelling and never really stopped to think like what her experience was like at that time mm -hmm. and how hard that would have been and like the mental state she was in yeah uh, to like you know feel really hopeless mm -hmm. you know and so I do feel like I kind of love sister Dorothy yeah shout out to you Dorothy yeah I would love, especially people who, if anyone is listening, that also went to Mercyhurst, I want to hear the paranormal experiences. Yeah. Especially from Egan. Anyways, what's our segment today? Women in STEM? No. Oh. Yeah, you were a woman in STEM. This I week. was a woman in STEM this week. And let me tell you, <laughs> not fun. No. <laughs> I can see I was just looking at your external hard drive that you bought. Yes, I had to buy an external hard drive. So we are, as y'all know, recording this on video as well for our Patreon yeah. subscribers. On our iPhones. On our iPhones. So, like, I've had some issues transferring massive videos yeah. to the computer and into our systems that we're using. Also, turns out that video and audio files are... <laughs> huge. massive they're huge <laughs> like huge and my poor little desktop i bought it basically sort of as a monitor for my yeah. laptop so it doesn't have a lot of it's like the a phone's level of storage storage it's like 258 gigabytes That's, i need to clean the files off my phone because my yeah. phone is just from making tiktoks yeah <laughs> so not only so when i have to put in the audio into iMovie with the video, not only do you have to like line them up perfectly at the beginning, but the audio itself lags. So I have to literally buy like a 0 0.01 amount, make the audio faster yeah, to get it to line up on both ends. And we had multiple, we, we are learning as we go. We had multiple videos. So I had to do that with multiple videos and multiple audios. Yeah. It was a rough Wild. week. We had a lot of FaceTimes where you were, I was the verge stressed. of tears. Because then I did all that and I did a good job and I'm trying to export and I don't have enough memory on my computer to even <laughs> begin to download. That was a low point. That was a low the point. The file just The file just stopped. And so it was... For a long time, I was just, like, clearing off memory, trying to, like, upload things to iCloud, but it was, like, just, it just was not working. And yeah. so I finally had to go and uh, buy an external hard drive. But then it was, like, so what happens in iMovie is that there is a little pop-up when you export that says processing movie for export. And it has a little thing that goes back and forth, you know, like a loading bar, and then it disappears. So, of course. You thought it was done. I'm thinking it's Naturally. done. There aren't files showing up. The fi if the file does show up, it says QuickTime can't open it because it's like a corrupted file. <laughs> so I don't know what's happening. There's nothing on iMovie that is telling me, hey, we're just wait a second. <laughs> At some point. <laughs> this, it was, you just went, wait a second. Yeah. 
iMovie is gay. Yeah. <laughs> um, at some point, I, I do this and I'm like, I'm just going to walk away and see what happens. I'll come back in a little bit. I, cu- I leave. I come back 10 minutes later and it's like, I need, I'm, I'm, if you're just listening and not on Patreon, you're not going to see what I'm, I'm trying to gesture, but this will be for my Patreon people. Mm-hmm. But like there are little icons all up across the top that are basically the, the interface is black. The icons are white. So everything up at the top of iMovie is white on black. I come back in suddenly one of these, which is, has, when I've seen it, I guess has just been a circle who knows what it's for, <laughs> is a pie shape inside it. Yeah. And so something is happening. And to, to the makers of iMovie, fuck you, first <laughs> of all. Why would you do that? Have a loading screen, something. Like, because then it also takes, like, an hour to export. Yeah. <sighs> the files are huge. The files are huge, but we got it figured out. So I we're troubleshooting. Just, By we, I mean Maggie. Yeah, I, I was... a grouchy woman in STEM this week because that just is so dumb why you would make it any sort of like subtle like don't make that subtle I would rather have a massive window that says don't fucking touch the computer bitch yeah wait a second be patient blaring at me yeah then having to be like oh this icon that looks exactly like every other icon yeah we had some rough moments with the iMovie this week. I think it'll be better next week. This one will be better, I think, yeah. We're living and learning through this yes. podcast experience. Yeah. Episode three for will sure. be better. So. Yeah, I am just done thinking. I'm retired. This brain, <laughs> retired. Shut off. She's done. She's Powering done. We've been down. thinking too hard, too long. We're done. <laughs> that, uh, that's what happens when you're an overthinker. You, you graduate into an underthinker. Yeah. I love being an underthinker. I am not quite there yet. I think I am there. I used to overthink. I am recovered. I swung the pendulum the opposite way. Way too far the other way. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, on social media where they're like boyfriends <laughs> that are like, oh yeah, my sister lost her job. Why'd she lose her job? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I didn't ask. People, the details will come to me when they want to come to me. <laughs> I'm not trying harder. Or the ones where it's like, there's like, it's always the boyfriend. Like I the, am boyfriend. The ones where the girl is like freaking out about something and the boyfriend's just outside, just not a care in the world. Do, 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 I think do, that's do. me. Which I wouldn't have thought I would have been that person, but I think I, I think that's me. I, I actually, I used to work at a bridal magazine. Shout out to the worst job of my entire life. <laughs> and But I did like the people I worked with. And I remember one day they were all Enneagram sixes. <gasps> oh. Which there was a reason for that because our boss wanted people who she could treat like absolute garbage and they wouldn't quit. Because sixes mm-hmm. are loyalists. Yeah. They were all married to Enneagram nines. And they would, I remember the one day they were like sitting around talking about Enneagrams and how all of them married nines because they're so low key and they're so go with the flow and they aren't aware of what's going around on around them. And then they're like, Sarah, what's your Enneagram? And I was like, nine. <laughs> I am husband. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And I always, like, all my friends are, like, fours. Me. I'm a four. Fours, sixes. And I'm, like, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I'm a four. I just feel too many feelings. I feel like I... I I cried in World Market on Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Because I used to go to World Market with my family growing up. It's even funnier that we went there to cheer up the day after I filed for divorce. And immediately start crying. I mean, we didn't even get past the mirror section, like, before I started crying. Because I was like, oh, I miss... My childhood. Yeah. And then I need you to know, Sarah, I went home and cried more about Fry's I Electronics. I don't doubt that because we talked about it in the car. Yes. And then I went inside and I was I sad didn't about cry. that. I filed for divorce. We got lunch. We went to World Market. I went home. I potted some plants. I, I burned some incense. I had a great day. Yeah. I felt great. I... That's a weird thing about my brain. I, uh, to be clear, the thing about fours though, is that is a great day for me. <laughs> I know. That's- I enjoy crying and like leaning into nostalgia, despite it being very painful. I really think <laughs> that I befriend fours a lot because I feel all of those things under the surface. Mm-hmm. But I just am like, I really need to be reminded to tap into things. Yeah. I feel them like in my solitude. I feel feelings very deeply. Mm-hmm. I don't express them readily. Mm-hmm. And when I do express them, it's often deadpan. I think maybe that's why most of my friends are either twos because we're very similar mm-hmm. or like fives and nines because yeah. it's like I can be the, okay, lean into this a little bit. Let's feel it. Yeah. And there for me, the some of the, okay, let's rationalize this a little bit. Yeah. Like, step out of your heart and into the... Well, and I am, I am very appreciative. Like, I'm never going to be like, you shouldn't feel this in the way that you were feeling it. I appreciate that. I'm always that. just like, okay. Yeah. Cool. I do try to feel, feel more deep, like really tap into my feelings a little more. Mm-hmm. I've gotten a lot better with that as I've gotten yeah. older. I think you do it alone a lot more often. Oh, too. all the time. I'm like publicly crying in World Market. And you're I like, I will wait till I get home. <laughs> alone. I cry probably every day alone. Yeah. I cry in front of my friends once a year. Mm-hmm. Unless you're like my closest friend. Yeah. In which it's maybe once a quarter. <laughs> yeah. I would say that's pretty accurate since you moved back. <laughs> yeah. Once a quarter. Maybe Slightly more often. Than yeah, that. but I'm having like the worst year of my life. Yeah. <laughs> the wheeze. You just had no sound other than. <laughs> <laughs> so naturally, it would be a little more. Yeah. <laughs> I can see where you hit the table again in the audio. <laughs> yeah, Maggie's getting mad at me because I keep slapping the table. <laughs> Okay, hold on. You, emphasis. You, you love to exaggerate my feelings. Like, she dramatic is, she punched me in the face the other day because I slapped the table. <laughs> literally anything I like say. She showed up at my house and she put a bag over my head and she put me in the trunk of her car and then a group of men <laughs> beat the shit out of me the table what was it a while ago i think i had told you something about uh, what had i said i don't know but i can tell i I can already tell i'm gonna deny it yeah i think it was something about like sunscreen around your eyes and how i was like you gotta put it around your eyes like and 
it came up like a month later. And I said you were yelling at me. No, and you told someone in front of me, Maggie and I always fight about this. And I'm like, that has one conversation. <laughs> My therapist always says... She always, Does she always say it? I'm going to doubt that anytime you say no, that now. She probably said it twice. <laughs> well, she she says that it's like uh, all or nothing thinking. Yeah, that's black funny. and white. Dichotomous thinking. Um, like, it, it's like when I said, like, oh, we've we've thought about it's this for a year. It's a cognitive distortion. And you're like, I think it was six months. And I'm like, also known as a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's one hour or a year. Yeah. There's no in between. Mm-hmm. And I'm completely unbothered by it. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Whereas you? You're going around claiming that I argue with you about things all the time. <laughs> we talk about this every day. We've talked about it once. You're not bothered by it. You're not bothered by it because your reputation isn't at stake. It's because you're just actively putting people on blast. Because I don't remember it. I remember 20% of the things I've said, if, if that. So the ones that you do remember, you're then like, that must have happened 12 times. Yeah. Just to fill in the gap. They fill in the other 80%. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's, and that's women in STEM. Women in STEM. Girl math. Yeah. Girl psychology. I thought this one was going to be so short. Never will be. I feel like I'm usually like, tend to run brief though. Unless you get me going. (laughs) Then I I mean, we only have exactly two each to support any hypothesis about our patterns. Yeah, and all of them have... (laughs) I knew knew that was coming. I'm again talking about how you have no evidence to make that sweeping generalization. I have one piece of evidence, and it's 100% true. So, riddle me that. Anyways, look at Luna. She's trying to use her abs. (laughs) It's hard being a dog. Yeah, so hard. All right. Well, that's that's that. I think we talked enough. Okay. So now. So now what do we do? We, we say, say goodbye. Well, so we long, do- farewell, Alveder saying goodbye. Do, 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 do. And then we go. Oh, 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 oh. Bye. Bye. Love ya. Love ya. Say bye. Oh, she licked the mic. <laughs> what a whore. Oh, wait, we need to mention our Shout out our Patreon, Patreon subscribers. I think one of them is my sister. And technically my brother-in-law. Yay. Yay, thanks, guys. Thanks Great. for subscribing, everyone. If you love the podcast as much as we love the podcast, uh-huh. which is a lot. Yes. Subscribe to our Patreon where you can see the videos. We're both wearing really fun cardigans today. Yes. If you want to listen to our voices and also see how beautiful and hot we are. Yeah. And stylish. Uh Uh-huh. If you listen on like Spotify or Apple, please rate, subscribe to us on the platform where you listen to podcasts so that you get a notification when our new episodes Mm -hmm. drop. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Word of mouth. Yeah. Also, follow us on Instagram and TikTok, where we make little videos Mm -hmm. and make announcements and also drop merch. Yes. Which might be happening soon. Yo. (laughs) What was that? (laughs) Yo. Don't worry about it. (laughs) It was... Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) 
ends episode. <laughs>